to Remember Twilight, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Twilight Saga. On Remember Twilight, we talk about all things openly. Mental health, relationships, sex, religion, fashion. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can, so if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we are not spoiler-free. We followed his trail to a large, rough shed in the middle of an open field, thick with thorny brambles that were still winter bare. The wide doors to the shed were propped open. The inside of the shed was mostly empty, just stacks of mechanical and automotive clutter lining the walls. The scent led into the shed and was more set into the ground here, as if he'd lingered for a moment. I could only think of one reason, and I searched for the scent of blood. Nothing. All I could smell was exhaust. Gasoline. I felt sick as I realized what I hadn't seen at first. With a low oath, I darted out of the shed and vaulted over the tall brambles. Emmett and Carlyle followed, back on high alert after the stupefying hours of failure. And there, on the other side, was a long line of flattened dirt, rolled as smooth as possible, about 200 feet wide, stretching at least a mile to the west. It was a private airstrip. I cursed again. And that's it. That's the whole chapter. Okay, we'll see you guys next Love week. Love you. Bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just Edward going, damn it to hell. And then later going, fuck. <laughs> and they just leave. That's all we needed. It was Edward saying two swears. Uh, and then <laughs> I wish he would say them more often. Me too. I love his low oaths. He's, he does a low oath and a curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, all right. We have a couple of new patrons. Yay. I know I'm very excited about these. Uh, I would like to extend a big welcome to Devin from California. And Kenna from Illinois. Welcome and thank Yay. you, you guys. So happy to have you here. Welcome. Hi, everybody. To... 
Just kidding. This is Emily. <laughs> and this is Marin right here. <laughs> and we are Remember, Remember Twilight. Twilight. Will you edit that out or will you keep that just that was the to biggest show how dumb I am. we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll leave it. I think people like a nice change of pace. I do too. I'll mix it up a little. I know if I was a listener and I heard that, I would die. <laughs> Are you guys dead? Don't die. We have a really boring chapter to tell you guys about today. Right. So I have to be ridiculous in other ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so on today's episode of Remember Twilight, we are talking about Midnight Sun, Chapter 24, Ambush. Ambush. And this is the running chapter. This is the runningest run we ever run. As <laughs> if you could outrun me here, as if you could outrun me there, as if you could outrun me anywhere. He says on the second page, I felt confident I could outrun him. And then he doesn't outrun him. Yeah, it turns out uh. only James can outrun Edward Cullen. <laughs> That is true. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I mean, we'll learn, but the only reason that James meets his downfall is because he's such an annoying monologuer. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. All right. What happened last week? Uh, n- no idea. Well, we went with Bella's worst plan, which turned out to be Bella's good enough plan it was the best plan out of all plans was bella's worst plan Uh uh-huh you know when bella's worst plan is actually the best plan you're in trouble big 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 trouble all the troubles Uh, this guy james um i'm actually more scared of him than i am of the whole entire volturi put together honestly yeah he's just like so he does whatever he wants yeah and that's the difference he's so unpredictable yeah the volturi are all kind of like Oh, we are law keepers. We are blah, 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 blah. And James is just like, no, F that. I am a... He's just he's just all by himself. He doesn't care. He doesn't even care about Victoria. Mm-hmm. To him, it's all about getting his, you know, his prize. Yeah, he doesn't even care about himself. No, like, he's I feel super like scary. If, if he died, he would feel like... It's because he wasn't worthy and, like, he should have died, you Well, know? and he'd be like, well, at least I died doing what I love doing. Exactly. <laughs> like, I disgusting. bet he does think that when he finally does. Yeah. It's great. It's like, all right, I met my match. Time for me to go. Oh, my gosh. I bet he you're right. He was probably right. fine. I bet he was so happy to be mm-hmm. torn apart by the Collins. Uh-huh. Oh my Especially heck. Alice. He's like, he, she's the one that got yes. away and she's the one who finished me. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're Emily. Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and last week, Bella, she had to break up with Charlie. Oh no, that was the worst. And then Alice had to tiptoe the Jeep down the street. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> and then they went home and then they uh, changed clothes and uh, Edward brought the body bag with and, them into the Jeep. And the stinky socks. Mm-hmm. And so now they're in the Jeep and they're just driving. This begins as a driving chapter and then <laughs> ends as the running chapter. Yep, it truly does. I did highlight so I can tell you of all the runnings, but... That's great. I think that a summary is good. Mm-hmm. A sum up. Yeah. So there they are. Remember, Edward's driving, Carlisle's passengering, Emmett is on body bag duty in the back seat. <laughs> He's got his arm around the body bag. He has, do you think as he's talking it's to Bella. it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he placed it carefully so that it was basketball on top. Uh, right underneath that was football. Mm-hmm. Right underneath that is a chest guard. Right underneath that is 
two basketballs and then hockey sticks going down. Yeah. (laughs) Will somebody please draw that for me? You know he does. And so he's got his arm around it and he every once in a while is like, you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You need a snack. He's got it buckled in. You need a drink. (laughs) Oh, you're taking a nap still? All right. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So they're driving and... James is running behind them, but he's staying far enough back that Edward can only hear him every so often. And it's only a couple words, which seems kind of suspicious to me because I feel like James would more frequently accidentally enter Edward's like three mile hearing radius. Right. And Edward like talks about it later where he's like, well, I think he's guessed that I can Mm -hmm. read his mind, but. Do you think he already knows? I don't know. It's really interesting. Because mm-hmm, he, he's so good about it mm-hmm. throughout the entire chapter. So um, he's trying to not think of Bella and only think of driving. And But, you know, he also has to make sure that Alice doesn't pull an Edward Cullen on Bella. So he's like, okay. hey, Carlisle, <laughs> I need you to send a text. I have two concerns. My first is, like, I want to know why they didn't give a phone to Bella where I is it just like Alice has one so Bella's fine because I just think it would have been really nice for him to be able to call Bella and be like we're we're fine we're doing good instead of have everything go through Alice was it just an oversight or was this on purpose to not give Bella a phone I feel like Edward wants to stay focused and that's why he always hands it back to Carlisle even when he himself uses it he always gives it back to Carlisle because I feel like he would you know Edward Cohen. He would be texting her like, hey, I miss you. Heart, heart, heart. <laughs> and Bella the whole time would just be like sending him pictures of the hotel room. And like, this is my shirt Look today. Look at this art. I'm so bored. I wish you were here. So I feel like it's good because they would just be texting each other the whole time. You okay. Know? Okay. Okay. You've, you've solved that for me. Now, I also think it's my other one was that it's very cute of Edward to assume that Alice wouldn't know that humans need to sleep and eat because of course she does she's constantly like if if she sees in her head that Bella isn't eating she's gonna get this like future like vision of Bella just like not being able to function because she's so hungry if she doesn't sleep she's gonna see Bella passing out from not sleeping also very sweet of Carlisle to be like yes Edward I will send these texts Carlisle's the perfect Mm -hmm. uh, translator person right like you always do it like exactly as they say it and you just you don't add anything else no and he's fine he's like Edward needs me to do this really dumb task so I'm just gonna do it yeah here's the thing (laughs) that I have a beef with right okay Bella needs to eat at least three times every 24 hour period (laughs) incorrect interesting Bella needs to eat three times every 12 hours and then in the next 12 hours she needs to sleep at least eight yes (laughs) Yes. but just three times every 24 hours that's just no that's not enough Mm -mm. that's not enough more snacks yes lots more snacks (laughs) please please feed feed her her 12 times every 24 hours (laughs) gosh please and he's like also hydration she needs to have water also sleep eight hours and so it's like, okay, Edward, just because you don't know this about humans doesn't mean that Alice doesn't know like, this about I humans. I just learned this last week, so I'm going <laughs> to 
impart my wisdom on Alice. I almost starved Bella to death the other day, and she didn't pee the whole time. Or <laughs> fart. I, and it was a mistake. It was a mistake. You have to let her fart and pee. And yeah. eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Carlo's just like, Okay, Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. It's sent. Uh Uh-huh. And Edward even knows he's being ridiculous because he can just see in his head Alice rolling her eyes at him. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Very rolling. Yes. She only sends back a Y for Mm. yes in the text. And he's like, okay, Bella must still be awake. And uh, obviously Alice is going to do what I say because she must see me throwing things if she she does anything else. Um, he's also like, oh, also text Alice to remind her to not tell Bella about what we talked about in the Jeep. Oh, my gosh, Edward. And I'm very serious about this. And Carla, I was like, okay. Yes, son. Okay. <laughs> uh, Emmett spends most of the ride picturing what he'll do to James once they reach him. And Edward thinks it's great. <laughs> he's enjoying that. And they just drive. They literally just drive. They pull over when they need to fill up the car with gas. And Emmett has brought all the fuel that they need. It's just in the back. And Edward takes Bella's socks out and, like, shakes them around in the air so that James (laughs) can still smell her. (laughs) And uh, this one time, James does come close to them. He's about a mile away. And Edward almost considers just having everybody run and go get him. But they're too close to the water. So this Mm. is when we find out Edward's goal is to become in as middle of land as possible uh, so that he can't just jump into any nearby ocean. And he drives straight there. So they're just driving to the middle of Canada. Um, and he knows that um, James might be thinking that they're heading to a specific place that maybe has friends there, which they can use to their advantage. But he hopes that he doesn't think that so he doesn't uh, like leave too early. Um, Edward did consider going to visit the cousins, but they also live close to the water. And so he chose to not go there. Uh, because once a vampire gets in the water, there's nothing you can do. Bye. You have to start over. So. <laughs> oh. Oops. Okay, hold on. There we go. <laughs> We're good. Cute. <laughs> so Edward, he's going to Calgary, which is apparently 600 miles away from where they currently are. And that is his final destination. Um, he knows that as soon as they do anything different than what they've been doing, uh, James will probably run away, and Edward is very confident that he can outrun them, but he needs to have lots of land to run on. As if he could outrun James. And 600 miles should do the trick. <laughs> uh, so they drive, they drive, and they drive, and James is still being really good about staying far enough away that Edward cannot hear him, And he wish- but he wishes that he could hear what James is thinking and what theories he's coming up with and what tactics he's you know, forming about what's going on. Um, but the times that he can hear James, he just can tell that James is having the time of his life. He thinks this is great. <laughs> so um, they've been driving for a hell of a long time. And Edward is like, oh, no, I really hope that James doesn't get bored with us and decide to go and try something else. Also, <laughs> yes, <laughs> James as far as we know, he thinks that Bella is in that Jeep. Mm-hmm. So does James also think that humans don't have to eat or pee? 
I have no idea. Do they just assume that the Jeep has like a mini fridge <laughs> and a bucket? A couple to pee of in? bottles. Because <laughs> James doesn't, yeah, it's like, he, or is, is, does he already know that that's not Bella? Like, I want to know these things. Yeah, it's very interesting. But Edward says, could he abandon his chase before he was absolutely sure Bella wasn't in the Jeep? So I think Edward assumes that he's following just on the off chance uh-huh. that he's right, that Edward would not let Bella go right. anywhere else. Um, and we're probably only like a, a day into the drive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can go a day without peeing. It's just really hard. It just sucks. <laughs> and you can you can pee into a cup in the car yeah. as long as you've got snacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward gets nervous enough about this. Uh, that he asks Alice, he has Carlisle text Alice if he sees James quitting before they get to where he's going. And Carlisle, beep a doop, boop, boop, boops. <laughs> beep doop, boop, boop. And Alice boops back the letter N. And so Edward's like, okay, cool. Let's keep going then. Uh, finally, they're pretty close to where he was wanting to go. And he's like, Okay, it's time to do something different. So they go into this small side road, and uh, he's like, this road doesn't go anywhere. Like, it's the scenic route. So this should make James be interested, because so far they've just been staying on, like, the main freeway. And he knows that Carlisle and Emmett will know what he's doing, and so... Emmett is super excited. Carlisle's very nervous. (laughs) And then Edward starts off-roading, into the forest and he's like Emmett I'm so sorry I'll buy you a new jeep (laughs) and it's like no biggie this is perfect believe it (laughs) yes uh they act like they're putting gas back in the jeep but um Edward is just like waiting until James gets close enough and then they're gonna go after him so Emmett has his hand on the door handle (laughs) he is ready to fly out of this jeep as soon as Edward tells him and They go over like this really big bump that almost like flips the Jeep over. (laughs) And that's when Edward hears him and he hears James think they must have a place close. And so Edward's like, all right, party time. And they just like (laughs) explode out of the Jeep. Uh, Seems risky, Edward. Mm -hmm. He's not close enough. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, so he's, like, at least within three miles. That and is very like, close. Three miles. I could do three. Yeah. Shmish miles, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Edward is literally flying before Ed- Emmett and Carlisle can even land. And he hears James think, oh, ho, a trap after all. <laughs> Uh, James is not scared at all. He is no. still having a great time. And Edward is running faster than he's ever run in his entire life. And Carlisle and Emmett are following him. Emmett is literally just running through trees. Not through trees, but through trees. <laughs> Edward describes him as a rhino <laughs> in his charge. He's just creating his own path. Yes. Um... <laughs> And he's like, okay, that's good. Maybe James won't be able to tell that I'm ahead of Emmett because Emmett's being freaking loud taking down all the trees. (laughs) And Edward's so happy to finally be running. But he finds out that, aha, James is also fast. And it didn't take long before I was glad I'd given myself 600 miles to catch him. So they're in some mountains now. He's going away. 
uh, Carlisle and Emmett are getting farther behind both of them. And Edward's like, oh, no, what if he tries to attack me before they have time to catch up? Uh, but he's like, I don't care. I'll rip his head off. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, but he still can't ha- hear him. He goes north. So they follow north. He ran and I ran. Minutes passed, then hours. No. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. He's finally so far ahead that he can barely hear Emmett and assumes that there's several miles behind him now. Uh, but he can hear something ahead of him and he feels like he's getting close. And then he can't hear him, see him, smell him, anything. Whoops. And he's like, oh no. So he runs faster and then he hears a splash. And he gets to the edge of a cliff and he looks down and there's this huge lake, like a river. Yeah. Edward forgot about Canada. Yeah. It's all lakes. Water. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oopsies. Uh, He wants to dive in, but he knows that that is a bad idea. And also, this is a river-ish mound of water. (laughs) (laughs) Lake, stream, ocean, pond. Yep. Yep. Puddle. River-ish. Yeah. All those things. He could come out of this anywhere. So... He's like, uh, I could run around the whole thing, but that would take a long time. And what if he simply jumped out of the water and he didn't just stroll out of the water? Then it's going to be even harder. So then he's like, okay, or me, Emma, and Carlisle could all run a chunk of the perimeter, but that would also take too long. So Edward runs back to Carlisle and is like, Carlisle, give me the phone. I need to do something. And so he texts Alice, tell me which one of us finds the trail. And then he's like, all right, Emmett, pretend like you're going to take this part. (laughs) Carlisle, you decide you're going to do this. I'm going to decide that I'm going to do this. And then they just wait. I love having an Alice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she texts back and she says, Emmett's going to get it on the southern tip. So he's like, all right, everybody see game plan, game plan. (laughs) And then they uh, dive into the water and they swim, swim, swim all the way to the southern part. And then they get out and Edward goes to the right and Emma goes to the left. And then Alice texts him again and says, Emma again. Emma has good instincts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then he sniffs around. He can tell that James jumped up into a tree. And so Edward jumps up <laughs> into the tree and then he starts running through the trees. These He's Tarzaning. They are swinging uh-huh. <laughs> through the forest. I love it. Mm-hmm. And Edward's like, okay, so he's going back the way we came. Is he trying to go back to Forks? That would take us seven hours <laughs> if I run straight there. And he's like, is he going to do that? That would give him, me a lot of time to catch up with him. I don't know. But James is just like zigzagging across Canada through lakes, out of lakes, through lakes, out of lakes. And every time Edward has to text Alice and they do their thing and then they find and Alice just... um. He's always like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and thus they fall terribly far behind him. Nervous. So they they ran and they swam and they swam and they ran and they ran and they ran and they swam and they swam. <laughs> this is my favorite camp song. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Edward was like, okay, apparently he is good at what he's doing. And he's obviously very confident that he's going to win. The thousands of miles between Bella and me kept me always anxious. This plan leading him away was turning out to be no more than a minor delay. But he's like, I don't know what else to do. So you just have to keep following him. And they're doing a terrible job. Really, really bad. 
Uh, he goes into another lake. They're like, who? Text Alice. Get the thing. Da-da-da. Over and over again. And Edward is sure that he's just heading straight for the ocean so he can finally end the chase. Uh, the next morning, finally, Esme texts Carlisle and she's like, can you talk? And so Edward tells Carlisle that unfortunately he can because they're nowhere near James. <laughs> poor, poor Edward. <laughs> So Carlisle and Esme talk while they're running, and she's like, how are you guys? I'm worried about you. Victoria's still here. She hasn't come within five miles of me or Rosalie. Rosalie followed her around for a while, and she's gone to all of the public buildings in town. But for the most part, she's just hiding and staying close to Seattle. Uh, She did go to Charlie's house one time, but Charlie was at work, and Esme has never been more than a few yards from Charlie the entire time. And Charlie still has no idea. Equal <laughs> equal parts like, oh my gosh, Esme's the most tender, sweet angel in the universe. Oh my gosh, Charlie is absolutely despondent. He can't even tell that somebody's yards away from him. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. So she, Edward's like, okay, well, that is completely unhelpful. Esme and Carla are like, Goodbye, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just keep chasing. And they're at another lake and they do the thing. And then James goes into a small town that has some, like, traffic. Like, there's people out and about. And Edward's like, um, okay, I guess we have to slow down for the humans. This sucks. Uh, But honestly, we're so far behind him that it really doesn't matter at this point. They're just following his trail. And so he's like, okay, well, maybe James was thirsty. Maybe he had, he knew he had time to stop for a bite. <laughs> so they're trying, Sad. yeah, they're trying to make their way through this town and they're like running when they can, walking when they can't. They're trying to stay away from people because they're not dressed appropriately. And also they're soaking wet from going in and out of so many lakes. Awful. I think they went in and out of every lake in Canada as far really, as I could tell. Really terrible. James is like, I have a funny idea. I'm going to go <laughs> into every lake I know of. And as they're going through the town, Edward's like, there's no bodies here. So what is he doing in a town? And then he follows his trail and they go to a shed. And Edward goes and he looks inside and he's like, this is shed like. And he smells James very strongly here. And he's like, okay, he stayed here for a while. So obviously he killed someone here. But he doesn't smell any blood and there's no body. And then he notices that he does smell gasoline. And he's like, oh, no. So he runs out of the shed, jumps over some bushes, and there he sees a huge runway. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He took a plane. Oh, shit. Edward's like, I was so focused on the water, I forgot about the sky. I feel like it's a Moana song, honestly, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, the plane that he could have taken would be tiny it couldn't be much faster than a car but he could have gone in any direction and I have no way of tracking his smell from here so Edward just looks at Carlisle and Carlisle looks back at him and they're both just so sad and so hopeless and Carlisle asks Edward if he's gonna try to go back to Forks to pick up her trail and Edward's like I mean that would be the obvious thing but I don't know so they're like well what are we gonna do what should we do And so Edward calls Alice. Of course, when you're in a pinch, you got to call Alice. (laughs) Duh. 
And she answers it and she's like, Carlisle. <laughs> and Edward's like, <laughs> lean in closer even though we can hear her. And Carlisle's like, are you secure? And Alice is like, we have not left this freaking hotel room. <laughs> and he gives him the recap, says that he got in a plane. And Alice is like, yeah, I already know. Also, he's in a room somewhere and there's lots of mirrors and there's this band around it. I don't know. There's also this old AV setup, but then he's also in another room where he's watching VS VHS tapes. And I don't know what it means and I don't know what got him on that plane, but it was he's going to those rooms. And so this is my favorite part of the whole chapter where Edward's like, maybe he just like wanted to hang out and watch some videos. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he really likes movies Edward <laughs> he's just gonna go watch some movies while we all freak out <laughs> Edward honey no uh-huh. not this guy uh, so Edward's like okay that's absolutely not helpful <laughs> to me but it does mean that Alice can see James on his own and not in relation to when he interacts with us so hopefully maybe she'll get something else later as well and then uh, <laughs> Edward just looks at Carlisle and puts his hand out. And so Carlisle gives him the phone and he's like, can I talk to Bella? <laughs> <laughs> so Alice gives the phone. She's like, Bella. And Edward can hear Bella like, clump, 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 Almost running fall over. on the way over. <laughs> <laughs> she takes the phone and she goes, hello. And he goes, Bella. Relief saturated my voice. The brief separation had already taken a toll. Oh, no. Bella's like, oh, my gosh, I was so worried. And he's like, oh, Bella, I told you not to worry about anything. <laughs> and she's like, where are you? He says, we're outside of Vancouver. Bella, I'm sorry we lost him. And she's like, I already know I'm with Alice. <laughs> but there's these rooms. <laughs> um, and Edward's just like, it's okay. There's no He has nothing on you. There's no way he can find you. You just have to stay there. We'll find him. And Bella's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Is Esme with Charlie, though? And he tells her, yes, that she hasn't gone near him. So don't worry. He's safe with Esme. Esme. <laughs> he's safe with <laughs> Esme and Rosalie. And so Bella's like, oh, well, what's she doing? And he's like, I don't know, picking up a trail, I guess. Rosalie traced her through the airport. She's gone around all the the buildings in town she's gone to the school she's digging but there's nothing to find and Bella's like okay so Charlie's safe and he's like yes <laughs> Esme is sticking to his side Esme's literally almost touching him she's his shadow <laughs> and so they're running and she says I miss you and he says I know Bella believe me it's like you've taken half of myself away with you and she goes well, come and get it then Bella <laughs> Bella, we've talked about this before. We had this conversation, Bella. You are the one that left. <laughs> you are the one that told him to not come with you. Mm -hmm. So stop. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Mm -hmm. Don't do this to him. Yeah. Please. And Edward's like, I will, but I have to make you safe first. And then she says, I love you. And he's like, I love you even though I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> He says, I'll come to you soon. She says, I'll be waiting. And then he hangs up and he gives the phone back to Carlisle. And then he starts sprinting. <laughs> and he's like, Bye. I can outrun that goddamn plane to Forks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes them three and a half hours from wherever they were to get back to Forks. And they just went straight through the straight sea. Straight through the sea. <laughs> 
Uh, they go back to Charlie's house because we know that's where Esme and Rosalie are. So Esme has been in Edward's usual back of house tree and uh, <laughs> Rosalie has been in the front of yard tree. The bedroom peeping tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised Rosalie didn't just start hanging out in Bella's room. Honestly. Like going through all her stuff. Cause, Ew. You know. Stupid shirt. What are these pants? Oh my gosh. What is with this girl? Just the whole time picking up books and then throwing them back down the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turns on her computer, looks at all her documents, reads, reads her, her essays. <laughs> oh, she's not even smart either. <laughs> <laughs> or she like slowly starts to fall in love with Bella too. And she's like, oh no. I can totally see why Edward <laughs> likes her. She's sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Emmett goes over to Rose Carlisle goes over to Esme Edward is thinking around and he can think that Charlie's in his usual spot in the front room but oh, he's like there's no. something missing yeah oh the TV's not on Charlie's just sitting on the sofa in the dark staring at the TV but the TV is off his thoughts were totally silent as though he had gone numb I winced glad Bella didn't have to see this Poor the chief. So they all talk and then they split back up. Carlisle is now taking over for Rosalie in the front tree. <laughs> and Emmett and Rosalie are just going around trying to find if there's a plane that landed anywhere close by. Edward tries to follow Victoria and she just keeps going into the sound. And he's trying to find if she did anything interesting, but she hasn't. She just always goes straight to the water. She's very uninteresting. Uh-huh. Consistently. <laughs> Never ever does anything interesting or brave. Mm-hmm. She's she's awful. Mm-hmm. Even through all of Eclipse, she's the most boring character I can imagine. Pretty much. So Edward gives up. He goes and takes over for Esme and Carlisle, who go and try to see if they can find anything too, but he doubts that he will. And so he's like, Okay, I guess we're just going to have to come up with a new plan. And I he I he <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that they find a good plan, and so does Edward. You know, okay, so let me, let me, I just said that she's the most boring character. That has nothing, that's not, I'm not saying that, like, Stephanie Meyer is boring and can't, can't come up with a good character. I'm saying that, like, Victoria, innately in herself, is a boring person. Yeah, she's so predictable. Yeah, she has no thoughts other than, I'm going to hide, mm-hmm. and I have to avenge James. She's just awful throughout and while he's waiting there it's 2 30 in the morning and he gets a phone call so apparently he's taken over phone duty from carlisle (laughs) (laughs) and he answers it expecting it to be carlisle but it's alice and alice is talking so quickly and she says he's coming here he's coming to phoenix if he's not already here I saw the second room again, and Bella recognized the sketch. It's her mother's house, Edward. He's coming after Renee. He can't know we're here, but I don't like Bella so close to him. He's too slippery, and I can't see him well enough. We've got to get her out of here, but somebody's got to find Renee. He's going to spread us too thin, Edward. Man, imagine Alice freaking out. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Edward almost passes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel dizzy. I know I'm not dizzy, but I feel dizzy. There's nothing wrong with me. But James has somehow gone around me and is always in my blind spot. Um, he's 
going to be in the same place as Bella and I am 1500 miles away from her. So he's like, how long till he's there? Can you nail it down? Alice says, no, but it's not more than a few hours. So Edward's like, did he fly straight there? Did he try to lead us farther away from her on purpose? And he asks if any of them have gone to Renee's house. And Alice is like, no, we have stayed in the hotel the entire time. We've been nowhere near the house. And Edward's like, okay, I cannot run there. (laughs) We have to fly there. And we need to be on a big plane because we need to get there fast. Alice already has the flight details pulled up. She says the first flight leaves at 640 and you'll need to cover up because it's ludicrously sunny here. (laughs) She hates Arizona so bad. (laughs) And Edward's like, okay, we're going to leave Esme and Rosalie. It's going to be me, Carlisle, and Emma again. Get Bella ready. We're going to stay in the same groups. I will take her somewhere very far away until we can figure out what to do next. You find her mother. And Alice is just like, we'll be there when you land. And she hangs up. And Edward starts running to the (laughs) airport while he calls Carlisle and says they better (laughs) catch up and get that flight. And by airport, Emily means Seattle. Yeah. It's a it's almost a four hour drive. Mm-hmm. So so Edward will be there in twenty four minutes. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know how fast he can run. Dang it! I know. <laughs> One day. One day I'm gonna get out a big map of Canada and I'm gonna <laughs> point out all the places that he tells me he was and how long. Then I'm going to figure out how fast he can run. This sounds like a cool project. It does, but it's not quite the best because if Edward was alone, it would be better. But oh. he always has to wait for mm-hmm. Emmett and Carlisle to catch up to him. So yeah. I know that's it. like he can run at least this fast, mm-hmm. you know. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. Anyway, that's the running chapter. <laughs> I somehow still made it 40 minutes long. That's great. So that's I hope great. you guys enjoyed. It's probably our shortest Midnight Sun chapter to date. I'm sure it is. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably about 30 minutes of actual podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> we had that whole Malfoy conundrum in oh, the middle. Oh, good point. Oh, look at her. Now she she's fell asleep. asleep. <laughs> okay, you guys, we got a message on Instagram from one of our listeners, and she wrote us a very good message with a different viewpoint than what we have, which is what we love, because you know us and our lacking of different viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> us, yeah. <laughs> so their name is Valentina, and they said, hi. I just wanted to take the opportunity to add a different lens to something I've noticed for a while. I've listened to Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and I'm keeping up with Midnight Sun. Thanks for your work. It is problematic to treat Billy's reactions to the Cullens as overdramatic. I think settlers, any white person on this land, need to remember that indigenous folks are living in a post-apocalyptic world filled with generational trauma and fear. I personally have always seen the feud between the Quileutes and vampires as another metaphor for whiteness versus indigenous genocide and normalizing mockery for any reaction indigenous people may have when faced with such peril, whether it's governmental breaking of treaties or fictional vampires threatening their people's existence, is not to be dismissed. Even in this fun, fictional setting, this can subconsciously tell other white people it's okay to do so in any setting, as has been done for centuries. Thanks for your attention to this. I hope it can be brought up in conversation in the efforts for white folks to be better accomplices to those who they have oppressed. And so I responded and I said, thank you for such a great message. We'd love to share this on an episode. 
We absolutely realize that we have only one viewpoint and can get many things wrong and miss many opportunities to talk about things like this because of it. So we're forever grateful for listeners like you. And she said, please do. Thanks for handling the situation with accountability and for listening. Oh, my gosh. Wait, is it Valentina? Valentina. Thank you so much because I never had thought of that point of view. Mm-hmm. You're completely right. Yeah. As a white person, it it, it doesn't occur to me um, to think about like the generational trauma that has happened to indigenous peoples on this on this land mm-hmm. absolutely that generational trauma is so real mm-hmm. and it's not something that like I have to deal with other than like you know the the like white supremacy that has been passed down generation upon generation into my life mm-hmm. which I try so hard to fight against every single freaking day and I do my best to like teach my children about it and that it's a real thing that has been passed down to us so I am so grateful to hear from somebody who's like that is why you feel this way mm-hmm. that's what she's saying and I appreciate it um yeah. it means so much to me to be corrected yeah thank and you I, yeah I'm so grateful that you guys are willing to do it nicely for us too you shouldn't have to but it is very helpful for us Mm -hmm. especially in times like this where it's something you notice is a reoccurring thing that we keep missing yeah and it and it it really opens up my eyes to like oh my gosh billy's not just freaking out as like an overprotective father Mm -hmm. or whatever like this is real real to him like his entire um ancestors were almost completely wiped out by vampires Mm -hmm. so it's no wonder and it's no surprise now that he was so scared Mm -hmm. of the Collins and of his best friend's daughter hanging out with literally one of the scariest things he can imagine yeah so yeah thank you that's so eye-opening yeah it's we get so caught up in the the characters yeah like we're right there with them that we sometimes forget to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and you know also I love that I love this like Valentina's um viewing of Stephanie's work as an actual really good not 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 conversation but um, like a representation of what has happened yes so because so many people want to be mad at Stephanie Meyer all the time for being like you know, she didn't, she didn't, she, she's racist, blah, blah, blah. But what Valentina is pointing out is that she like is actually accurately representing the generational trauma and the scariness of white people coming in to indigenous people's lands and mm-hmm. taking it from them. Yeah. I love that point mm-hmm. of view so much. Yeah. So I was so Woo. grateful to get that and Good so one. happy to include it. Me too. Here. So if you guys have anything like that ever that comes up, please message us. Totally. Thank you so much. Uh, Anything else? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much for joining us again and again and again. It's wonderful to be able to do this. It's a beautiful way to spend our time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So thank you for joining us and being here with us through it. All right. So thank you so much. And we will see you next week. And remember, when you're pretending like you have Bella with her, you got to put the baseball as the hand and the basketball as the head and the hockey sticks for the legs good good yes i will remember that <laughs> love you guys bye bye you've been remembering twilight with Marin and emily you can stay in touch on instagram twitter and facebook 
at Remember Twilight Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus episode, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at RememberTwilightPodcast at gmail.com, send us a voice message on Anchor, or leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you to Stephanie Meyer for sharing her dream and making ours come true.